0: Hello and welcome to My Side of the Street with Marie Hanneman. That's me. Today I'll be sharing my journey of healing both past and present so that you know you are not alone. Many times I have felt and still often feel helpless. And then somehow I discover another way and find the courage within to take some new action which consequently helps me step into healthier ways of being. And that's what we will be discussing today. Welcome back, listeners. I have a special guest. I would like to welcome Tammy to the show. And Tammy, would you like to introduce yourself and let my listeners know what you
1: offer? Sure. I am Tammy, and I am a coach and podcaster. I work to encourage, empower, and equip women so they can learn who they were meant to be before the world told them who they, they who they should be or that they weren't enough. And your podcast is called Coming Out Gold. Yes, it is. For women who've been through fire and are ready to come
0: out gold. I love that. I love that. We recently did some work together. Tammy does work with businesses, individual people. And honestly, I felt like in the beginning, I was going to do some business coaching with you, but I felt like I needed to get over some of my personal issues to be able to be free to think about business, which this is one reason I love working with you is that you can switch back and forth and and be able to help me in whatever area I'm the stuckness is happening in. So I do appreciate the fact that you have a mind for both. You you are compassionate for the individual and you lead the growth there and you also can step into the role of helping the business grow and and gain some ideas for that as well.
1: It's like our friend Heather in our wonder room group says like no one goes through hardships and trauma most often and does their work without starting a business and most people that have got, who start a business end up with problems and roadblocks they need to overcome. So they kind of do just go hand in hand.
0: That is very true. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Also, I don't know if I actually told you this, but about a year ago, I found a Facebook group called trauma and clutter. And I was, I totally forgot to tell you about this. So this is kind of exciting. This is new. And that got me thinking about the work that you and I have been doing as of late. So let's start there. I have a cluttered room. I rent. I live with, I'm a roommate with my sister, Kath. And I have never in my life maintained a clean room. Like that's. In fact, in, in treatment for, at HVRC for for drug and alcohol treatment, I used to get in trouble all the time. I got, would get written up and, you know, talk to because my room always had more clutter around than I, we were allowed. And my closet was a disaster because I'd just take everything from the room and chuck it in there because I, I I don't I did not have a routine or a habit or a, or a strong desire to keep things in order. So that was something I really wanted to change about myself. And I, I would say that was probably what, 10 weeks ago, maybe?
1: Might have been yeah, that long. Almost, yeah.
0: yeah. That like, I I decided to take action on that. So I, I had hoped about being a different person. I tried different things in different ways. And I I had hoped and but not really taken any steps and all the steps I was taking were telling me with my old patterns that I was stupid and that I couldn't get this figured out and all of that. So finally I said, I need help. And I, I made a step and I called and I asked you for help. Yes. I think that was really important the, that that was like the del- defining moment for me that where things started to change just in asking for help, just that step right. alone
1: sure. was really big
0: for me. And I said, okay, I'm going to give you a, a tour of my room. Please don't judge. <laughs>
1: yep. you, want to share,
0: you, <laughs> you want to share a little bit of um, of what your impression was of, of the task ahead of me, where I was at, what you were thinking?
1: Yeah. So I'm a firm believer the clutter in your space is really just a representation of the clutter inside your soul. And it, it's just an outward manifestation. So when we first got on the call, it was clear. You were very nervous. You were anxious. I think you were, you were, you feared judgment. And obviously from what you've just shared, it's because you experienced judgment. So that was a norm. And I used to help people organize their homes before becoming a coach. And like, we're talking borders. Like, so I mean, my, my bar is it's really low for like anything (laughs) that's going to shock or surprise me. I mean, it's low. So when you showed me, like there was clutter, there was, there was chaos, there was, but it really wasn't as bad as you set the scene for it to be, it wasn't. It was just stuff that you needed to handle. And and the reality is, you haven't been able to tackle it before because you don't have systems and processes in place. Right. And so once you develop systems and processes, it just becomes an easier journey for maintenance.
0: Yeah. And I have noticed that in, in the last 10 weeks in working with you that, that it's, it's never as bad as my head makes it out to be. Right. I'm always punishing myself more than it. Well, first of all, I, I have no need to punish myself period. No. That's something I've gotten. I mean, I knew that logically, but I've, we've worked through that with me. But other than that, also the, the weight of the punishment that I was trying to push on myself was not equal to what was the problem. The problem was not as big as, and, and, you know, I think everyone finds that once you start looking at something, it's very rarely bigger than the scary monster in your head.
1: For sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we, um, I think we, we define our way of being as definitive. So it's always, Maria is always messy. She's always yeah. been messy. She's always going to be messy, but that's just such a narrow minded view because you're a fully formed human who can change and adapt and grow and yes. get new skills and become, do new practices. But that false narrative tells us that like, it's always going to be this way. So even when you're trying to be vulnerable and open that door for someone to come in and help you, you start sharing the always. Well, it's always yes. going to be like it, always. And it's so big and it's a mess. And it's because you've told yourself that other people have told you that, like there's just been decades of pathology that have defined you as this
0: one thing. And you know what I've recognized through this process is that that decision of me being a messy person, of me not being able to clean my room, of me was made when I was younger, like in my parents' home, still a child.
1: Without your permission.
0: Yeah, and and so here I am repeating that to myself, even though I was a child when that was decided, Mm -hmm. literally, you know? And when I look back now through my eyes, compassionately to me as a child, I know why I kept my room my way (laughs) in that time. What was my way then? And it was to protect myself in my little childish mind. So really, I should be applauding my child, Marie, as a child. For taking care of herself as best as she knew how, rather than making adult Marie wrong for what looked like a mess to the outside world.
1: Right. Yeah, I definitely felt like, and through our time working together, there's a lot of times you'll have language that makes you wrong. Yeah. Right. Like the story you're telling is is to make you wrong, and you're, it's you know you're you're not wrong, but it's a pathology you've developed that you have to undo and put in its place a better story and the reality is you didn't have a choice how they defined you as a child but you're a grown person living your own life and you get to decide who brie is today yes
0: big time and i the stopping the the not being able to move through cleaning up and all of that is so much more than I'm just a lazy person who doesn't want to pick up her shit.
1: Oh, it it honestly has like not even 1% is that you're lazy, not even 1%.
0: Yeah. And, and what I'm likening this to in this journey with you is my recovery from drugs and alcohol, because biologically there is something going on in my brain that creates the urge for me to drink and do drugs. It that is equal to the, the urge in my body to breathe, to eat and to sleep. That's the way I am wired. And so rather than making myself wrong for not being able to stop those things in the past, I had to learn why I did those things and part of it was biological. And I really feel that through this process, I've wired myself to believe these things that, that a mess will keep me safe, that, Mm -hmm. that having all my things very close to me prove that I exist and
1: And that I'm a person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that I'm sane and that I know my own reality. Mm -hmm. And those are things that were believed as a child And in me as an adult going through trauma, but they are no longer necessary belief systems for me. I'm safe now. Right. I am healthy now. I can change that and I get to choose that. Right. And knowing that logically is very different than feeling the power emotionally.
1: Of course. Yeah. Because experience has taught you that it's not true. Yes. So, but logic tells you that it is. So you've got to get your experience to catch up with your logic so that you can realize the old version of Marie versus the new version of Marie. The version that people told you you were, their expectations, their shoulds, their definitions, their projected identity. And Marie chooses to be. Because the reality is you are a grown woman now and no one gets to assign you an identity. You get to choose each day who you'll be and how you'll show up in the world. And you don't have to choose that anymore, but it, it takes a lot of work to get the experience and the for yourself to believe your own track record.
0: Yes. And to create that track record, you have to retrain. I've had to retrain my brain to not judge the new realities. Yes. Because that keeps the old uh, belief system in place. Right. Making myself wrong keeps the old belief system in place and doesn't allow me any freedom to grow at all.
1: No, you have to retrain yourself, give the experience, because otherwise you sit in judgment of yourself and you judge yourself based on their standards. Yes. You judge yourself based on who you were told you were and you don't give yourself room to learn to be a new person and it's really hard to make changes when you're judging yourself wrongly before you even try to make the change because change is hard. It's uncomfortable. And if you've already judged yourself as all the things that aren't going to be able to sustain the change, right? Making the change is a heck of a lot harder.
0: Yeah. It's really like setting myself up for failure. Yes. In every way.
1: Yeah, right. A self-fulfilling prof- prophecy, right?
0: Yes. One of the things that working with you in particular that I really appreciated was sometimes I'm talking because you ask me a question or we're moving through some kind of area of my room and I don't even realize that I'm on the verge of tears. But because we do it through video chat, you you can see my face and you see my. I, I'd like you to discuss that, like what you've what you recognize and
1: how you help me move to a better place. So I am a big question asker um, to the point that it annoys 99% of the people in the world. <laughs> um, but I found that when I'm working with someone, especially a trauma, a fellow trauma survivor, we both survived trauma and that just leaves, it leaves marks on your soul that you have to learn to work with and to overcome. And so I find, that if you ask the right question, you'll get the right answer. But we spend most of our time asking the wrong question because old Marie would ask, Oh my gosh, why is your room such a mess? Why do you always do this? Why you're asking yourself all the wrong questions? And um, I'll just give an example. I think that kind of personifies how we did this was the day you got your second belt strike on your little belt in karate, jujitsu, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm terrible at, the knowing what that right that's thing. okay it's taekwondo but that's all right <laughs> when you got your stripe you went out and i saw you post it. you were like yes i got my stripe and then when it was almost time for our session you message i don't feel like doing it today i'm tired <laughs> and so i just asked you a question well if you were too tired to me but like what was the difference because you went to taekwondo and got your stripe you weren't too tired for that You'd lacked the same amount of sleep before that event and meeting with me, what was the difference? And it just made you go, oh, dang. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> was I, I, I see what you're doing yeah. here.
0: <laughs> yes. I immediately felt powerful because you reminded me of something I chose to do that showed my power and my strength. Right. And I immediately thought, okay, yeah, that's a great question. And really there's no difference in fact taekwondo is probably more difficult Phys- yeah that's the- physically you gotta like yeah sh- chop chop yeah you know, whatever.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and so i i remember that day and i was actually in the dark laying on my bed when you asked me that question and i got up and turned on the lights and we did our session yes we did it you
1: believer. i think that's one of the things i notice about you when you're self judging and self shaming, you turn off the lights. Yes, And the reality is that's because shame can't exist in the light. Okay. Yeah. So you turn off the lights, but if you turn on the lights, we're like, okay, I can breathe. We can do this. It's all going to be okay. And yeah. And like, I think, I think that was a day I, for me, it likes experience watching you as a coach. I feel like for you, that was a huge breakthrough moment Yeah, because it was like, oh yeah, I, can I saw myself differently. Yeah. Because you were tired because you had had like a family emergency. You didn't get sleep the night before. Like you were legitimately right. tired. Like there's no, like that's not even in question. It wasn't like, you're just like, I don't feel like it today. You literally yeah. were tired. Because you didn't sleep. So, but you matter. Taekwondo mattered enough to you to get up and do it. Yeah. You, in that moment, you chose for your numery, your new self, your new identity to matter more than sitting in the dark and being ashamed because your room was messy. Yes. And it was like in that moment, I felt like you stood up and took your power back. That, that's how it felt. That's how it yeah. felt. And it,
0: you were not in any way, shape or form, like judging me or making me wrong for not wanting to do the session. You just kind of gently were curious. And that yeah, was well, enough. Totally enough for me to pull the covers back on myself, you know, for me to say, okay, there might be something here that you are trying to avoid, but it's not that you're tired, too tired to do it. So let's at least look at it.
1: Right. Yeah. As a coach, I think like when I coach a little differently than a lot of people do, I think, because my first step is to encourage because I think that women have just been handed this sack of should, as I call it, of all the things that we as women should do, should be. Should I love behave. that it's our good girl syndrome, right? Like we do all these things, and like it becomes so heavy we can't lift our own head. So for me, yeah. the first thing I have to do is get you to lift your head, so that yeah. you can look in the mirror and see your greatness. You can't yeah. see it looking at the floor in the dark. You have to be able to lift your head. And I think that was one of those moments where you were like, okay, because we tell ourselves lies. You were telling yourself a lie. You weren't too tired to get up and do it. You just didn't want to do it. And we found yeah. out why you didn't want to do it after about a minute we Yeah, you had another revelation.
0: Yes. Was that the day of my hearing aids? Yeah.
1: Yes, you know, I would, don't want to get out of bed because I lost I can't find my hearing aids like it had yeah. nothing to do with fatigue it had it nothing to do with, I just want to get out of bed it had everything to do with I can't find my hearing aids and I've written a whole epic novel about what that means about yeah my
0: I had not known where my hearing aids were since I had gotten back from Cal- my trip to California and this was like at the beginning of March that I, I had no idea where my hearing aids were. And I was terrified that I had lost them. They cost a lot. I can't really live without them. Although I tried to for a month and it was silly. And your her, family to be sure. Yes, yes, for sure. My poor sister's like, oh, will you get
1: your hearing aid?
0: <laughs> I, I couldn't hear anything she was saying to me, especially in the car, it was horrible. That day, what you said to me was, okay, Marie, You already have decided that you don't know where your hearing aids are. Like, that's already a thing for you. So looking for them doesn't make anything worse than what it is right now. Right. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, (laughs) looking for them could only help because I've already decided I'm an idiot and I've lost them. So, and I was scared. I was scared to look. I was so scared. My my heart was like in my throat while I was looking and you s- just stayed with me. And you're like, okay, what are you going to look in next? Okay, that's great. Nothing's changed, you know. And And then yeah. the same bag, cosmetic bag that I had looked in, my travel bag, I had looked in that thing six times at least thoroughly, right. I thought. But this time... I decided, why do I keep my cosmetic bag full all the time? Like, I'm not always on a trip. Right. So I dumped it out and they were at the bottom. They were in yeah. a Ziploc baggie. I would put That's them right. supposedly in
1: a safe place. <laughs> right. Yeah. We always put them in a the safe place. But like the reality <laughs> is, is, like it was the last place that you, that we were looking. So like, it wasn't Yeah, because like, I was like, I've already go gone out. for that. Right, you were like just like Coach Tammy said, get up and find your hearing aids and they magically appeared. No. Yes. You went through your entire suitcase. And mind you, as we went through the suitcase, you put things where they belonged. Yes, I did. Instead of just like willy-nilly tossing them around the room while you're searching. Well, like
0: we when not stuff. That's another thing too, is that I hadn't unpacked because I was afraid that I wouldn't find my my hearing aid.
1: So I just didn't unpack at all. Right. And ignoring the elephant in the room doesn't actually make the elephant go away. It just stays no, there. It like, no, it certainly didn't. No, it just. And it gets gross because it's staying there neglected. So, yeah. Yes. Nice. We put all the stuff away. We went through a tote your work bag, not yep. in there. We even, while on the session, you called the hotel and asked them. Yes, I did. Did you find my hearing aids? They didn't find their hearing aids either and then and you were like i've already looked at this i'm like dump it out just dump yep. it out and we're going to put everything away as we go and you were like i could you were sorting and sorting and sorting and then you like clutched your pearls if you had pearls on you yeah like your and then you like burst into tears <laughs> yeah because you had found them and the story that I you were riching written- up right now because i can yeah. still remember that feeling <laughs> Because the story you had written was that you were irresponsible and negligent in taking care yeah. of something that has a high ticket value because the reality oh. is hearing aids are so expensive and it would be very pricey to replace them. And yes. the identity you've been told is that you're negligent and you don't take care of your stuff. So right. You were buying so much into that narrative, but the truth was you found them wrapped safely yes. in a zip lock inside a bag. Very well cared for and protected. None of the narrative you written was true in any way, shape, or form. It's true. Yeah. And you were literally going to stop working. Like you were like, hard set. I'm not going to do this. We're not doing this because I'm tired when it was, I can't find my hearing aids and I feel shame that I lost them. You didn't lose them.
0: No. And Mm -hmm. I had put, I had honestly put them somewhere that was
1: logically safe. Sure. Yeah. I mean, to me, yeah. that makes perfect sense. That that's where they would have ended up when you packed up to leave a hotel room. Of course, yeah. that's where they. were. Yeah. Again, because who you are is not the person in the narrative you it's write. It's not this bullshit story I tell myself. Excuse I, my language, but yeah, yeah, it's, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was uh, definitely one of those pivotal moments I think for you yes. because, like, you we don't tell ourselves the truth, and right. we don't we don't tell ourselves the truth because we think. And we tell ourselves we can't stand up under what it is. And we just know yes. that. So the reality is okay, so you lost your hearing aids. If they're gone, you've lost them. Right. What do you doing? I, I you already lived them. without them for a month. I already thought they were gone. Yeah. So and you have to have them. So we'll find yes. a way to get another pair. Like yes. again, it wasn't, it wasn't a shameful or life altering thing. I mean, think how many kids threw their retainers away when they were little, right? Like their parents were constantly getting new retainers. Like it's not, it's just not as big of a deal as we tell ourselves it is.
0: Yeah. Well, and honestly, my sister, about halfway through that month was like, do we just need to get you new ones? Like you can't live without these. And Mm. I would not even think, I would not even consider her offer because i was wrong for losing them that's how right. that's how i felt so yeah. here a solution even presented itself before i even went looking for them and i refused the solution because i was wrong i was a bad person for losing them in my you mind that's them. how i was making it yeah, yeah i deserved you, deserve to lose you them.
1: didn't deserve her kindness you didn't right. deserve her helping you didn't yes. deserve her offer to make something right that you believed you had made wrong right and that's just yeah. A, because she's your sister. Like, right? You love each other. Like, you help each other out. That's what y'all do with siblings. So, like, right? It's not crazy that she would offer that. Like, it's not like you went hand handling on the street asking right. people to buy you, you know, buy you new hearing aids or something. Like. And not that there'd be anything wrong with you. Not that, that there would be anything wrong with that either. <laughs> if you need some hearing aids, why not stand in the corner and ask for help? I mean, to
0: be quite honest, yeah. if I did like uh, a GoFundMe, probably half the people I know would be like, oh my God, get her, her, her hearing aids because right. she can't hear. It because they're the ones
1: inconvenienced by it. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah. And it I is. think that we oftentimes go into that little shell, that self-isolation, because we don't want to deal with community because of our shame, you know, right. that's just a sad way to live because like we need each other. Unity makes us stronger and you're blessed to have such a supportive and loving family. And like, I truly you know, am. Like, you just, that's a good thing. And, and it's wrong it of us to shame ourselves out of it. Cause someone told me once, like when you tell someone they can't help you and they're trying to help you, you're stopping them from being a blessing. Like that's not, that's not right. Not. Like, don't You're absolutely correct. And
0: I think that that is a pattern that I am slowly unraveling for myself and yes. learning to, I'm not going to say slowly because I don't want to put that out in the world. I am unraveling that and mm-hmm. rewriting a um, truer and uh, much more loving and stronger Narrative about myself. Saying that, I want to discuss the different names we've given different parts of me.
1: <laughs> awesome! I love this. <laughs> as
0: as my listeners know, if you were hearing last uh, episode, I went to Disneyland for my fiftieth birthday with my yeah. grandkids and my kids, and they call me Mimi, and I feel very strong as me. I feel very loving. I feel like there's no issues in the world. All is right in the world. It's a very different feeling than, than mom. Let me just say that like mom came with all these responsibilities and all this, the weight of the world kind of on my shoulders. I love being mom, but it, I always had all these shoulds in my head while I was being mom. I am much freer as a Mimi for the obvious reasons. And then also because of the growth that I've done over the last decades. So you were saying to me, go ahead and tell me how you thought about all that. Cause I, I don't know how you could, did that.
1: <laughs> well, heaven knows how I think of what I think about. I don't know. It's a <laughs> wild party in this spring of mind. But I, um, I'm a firm believer in like visual things. So like, like I'm a visual learner, like dad, you say, do I need to draw you a picture? And I'd be like, actually, yes, yes. (laughs) So like, I like to create visuals. And I think if like, you need something to pull you forward when you've been, Decades in the same pathology. Like yes. new New Marie has got to go forward, and if like New Marie just doesn't sound that exciting, calling you New Marie and Old Marie because that just right. Old Marie, that just sounds rude. Like I'm you know defaming age. <laughs> like oh, <no. laughs> you know a New Marie is like that's weird. So we decided. I decided that New Marie is actually Mimi Marie because mm-hmm. what I know about you and what I know is about most women when they were mothers, because like, you're right. Mothers, you have to actually like raise them to be responsible humans. Like that's a lot of work, but when you're yeah. a grandkid, it's like the party with none of the pain, right? Yes. Like you don't have a diaper. You can be like, not my problem. Like you can take your hands off. So with, um, so we just, yeah. I decided like, your new Marie is Mimi Marie, because Mimi Marie is going to find the courage to do what it takes to be with her grandkids. Mimi Marie is going to get it together yes. so that she is her best self for those babies. And doesn't matter how old they are, they're still the babies. Like Mimi Marie, like yeah. I could see when you talked about your grandkids that your energy shifted and the light on your face shifted. So let's yeah. just utilize that. To your advantage. Let that be what calls you forward. And we even talked about it in our last session. Like if you're at, there's you hit that roadblock and you're struggling and that old Marie is telling you all that. Wahala that old Marie likes to tell you about who you are and what you're doing wrong. But your, your grandbabies are on the other side of the bridge. So Mimi Marie is going to cross that bridge because the grandbabies need her. She's not going to yeah. stay there. listening to old Marie being a jerk. She's going to move forward. And yeah. then we did rename, we renamed um, in our old last session, me. we renamed old Marie.
0: When I was young on my block, all, I was the youngest kid out of everybody. Like they were all older than me. And I don't know, Mur, Marie became Mur, became murder. So you asked me, did I ever have a nickname that I didn't like? And I I think it's, I could not bring myself to say I didn't like it at first. Because someone was actually talking to me. And in my childhood, if someone was talking to me, I was just thrilled that that was happening. You know? But truthfully, because they'd say, hey, murder, who'd you murder today? And it it, it was hard for me to pick someone. I didn't want to pick someone. And I didn't realize how painful that was. (laughs) (laughs) and and so when you said that though when you asked me was there something murder is the first thing that came to my mind because one it was probably the most common nickname that everyone called me and two because I didn't like murdering anyone and even though it was just a verbal game it bothered me sure and and I renamed the old Marie murder so, when my old patterns are coming up in my head, I can say, murder, you can just you know shove it up yours and go yeah. away. I think we said suck
1: it murder, we're not doing that today, yeah, yeah, like yeah you you get to choose whose voice you're going to listen to, and it can be yes. murder, Marie, or it can be Mimi Marie yeah one is one is positive and light, and one holds negative implications, so, you yeah, get to choose. One is completely
0: based in fear and the other one's completely based in love. Truly. Like even just me saying those two names, Mimi versus murder. Yeah, I can feel it inside myself. So so that really helped to have that. Plus I have a hat that says Mimi, Bronson, and Cora on it. So when I start to feel not strong, now that my room's a little cleaner, I'll know where my hat is on a regular basis, which is new. Yes. Uh, but I put that hat on and then I, I just feel
1: the love. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you want to be your best self for your grandchildren. You you, you want to end. I want to be my best self for me truly
0: for me. Yeah. I want to. Yes. But the truth is, is that my grandkids help me see that easier than just me as myself.
1: Yeah. They're kind of like puppies, right? Like they see the good yeah. in people. You know, yes. they just see the goodness in you and they want to, they want to participate in your goodness, right? Like they wanna yes. be surrounded by that. And they want you to participate in all the things that they do. Be it, yes. I found a ladybug till I won a trophy at soccer. Like all yes. the, they just want you to be a part of it. I think for you, I think something you value though, is breaking the old pathologies. The, absolutely. Generational pathologies because you've seen, you've seen and experienced it. You know, as a mother, what that has done in the relationships there, and yes. also you know a hundred percent, you're not passing that to those grandbabies. You're not going to do it. Right. It's just I mean, like that's not who I'm
0: going be. to be. That's already who I'm. I'm not that person anymore. And I, I, I have nothing but a desire to be loved and to be sanctuary and to be fun when i'm around the grandkids they help me call myself forward so that was really helpful to name those different parts of who i am and the and the different voices that come up and tell me different things one you know encourages me and and the other one totally discourages me completely
1: Yeah, I think the hard part is coming through trauma that sometimes like and it's sometimes it's trauma we brought on ourselves. Yeah. Right? And sometimes it's trauma we participated in and sometimes yeah. it was done against our will. There's all kinds of trauma. But I think when you've participated in it or been complicit in it, like we talked about with, you know, the murder Marie thing you. Right. You answered. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you participated in that. So like. Yeah. That formed a deeper bond, kind of, with that identity. So it's yes. harder to break it because you participated in it, which then means you've got judgment and shame coming hot on your heels. Tell yes. you, like, you don't deserve not to be called Murder Marie because you played along. You know, I'll tell you, I had no idea, no idea
0: how intense the shame and judgment was inside of me. I really didn't think I had much. Oh, really? I really didn't. I. Don't I, know, I don't know about it. Yeah, I just, like people talk about Catholic guilt because, you know, I was raised Catholic. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't have any of that. (laughs) Which sounds funny now that I say it out loud. But but I really didn't, it didn't, you know what? I think that drinking and doing drugs for decades allowed me to live in my rose-colored fantasy. Sure. And keep, yeah, and keep all that old, that old racket in place without it killing me like I use the drugs and alcohol to to escape from my own head
1: you know I think you skipped a lot of the guilt because you said I didn't have the cap of guilt I think you skipped it I think you skipped it went straight to shame yeah yeah, yeah I feel guilty about it I feel ashamed and that's that's deeper and that's yeah
0: so in fact I I refuse to feel guilty that's kind of yeah. how I was but I didn't realize that I still allowed it to affect me. And I took on the shame about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the difference is like guilty is something someone else can tell us we are. Yes. Like you did this, you did this. It's the finger wagging, right? Yes. is what we tell ourselves when the lights are off and we right. and reflect the choices we've made and the participation we did had and, yeah, yeah.
0: So even though I was like adamant that I refused to feel guilty for my choices mm-hmm. in my life, because I didn't understand the patterns running in my life until a lot more recently, that's why it's it's you can be, oh, I'm not going to be like my parents, or I'm not going to allow this to affect me, or I'm going to, but in, unless you really look at the underlying patterns that are running, you're 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 just getting it in a different way. It's like, it's still happening. It's still affecting you, but it's in a different way for whatever reason, feels more powerful to you. And, and for me, shame was like, well, I chose that and guilty was like, they're telling me what to do.
1: Right. So you, you as a rebellious person, you yes. like not, not, you're not coming at me with guilt. You're not. Right but i'm going to pick up the bat myself and i'm going to swing away exactly with the shame i'm going to heat myself with like yeah i still didn't get away from it until no. i really
0: looked at until i started to deconstruct the belief systems of my life and of my family of origin and how that played on to me and you know all of that
1: yeah i mean really the reality is clutter in your space is no different than being a Drug addict or an alcoholic, it's it's really not a symptom of a yeah. deeper problem that you're not willing to address. And whether you don't address it by keeping clutter around so you can't, your mind can't think about it, or right. you do, you know, you go to the bar and have happy hour every day. Like, yes, it's still the same thing. And I think the problem is, especially here in America, we're always trying to fix the symptom. Yeah. So we go to the doctor and we're like, oh, I got a headache. And he's like, okay, I'll give you this. But what if your headache was yeah. caused by magnesium deficiency? You don't know. Right. Right. But you, you get, like, we just, it's the same with our clutter. It's the same with drinking. It's the same with, yes. you know, whatever your vice is. Because let's just say, if you're living in this world as a human being, you've got a vice. I yes. And it's our job There's to-
0: something that you choose that's not healthy that's a coping mechanism.
1: Right. Whether yeah.
0: it's ignoring the problem or, whatever and you know as i look around my room right now because i'm still certainly not perfect and we haven't completely solved all my problems it's a journey and i have parts of my room to continue to work on i see my room through different eyes i see them you're lending me your eyesight you're lending me your point of view and That in and of itself, just that alone has been so helpful because it pulls me away from the pounding of my character and the pounding of my heart and soul of saying that I'm no good. It stops that in its tracks and it allows me to say, what, what you, you, you don't see me like, you don't see this horrible person standing here. You see just a few things that need to be cleaned up. Like what a, what a different concept for me. I, I have often said and I continue to say that your mind is a dangerous neighborhood and you should never hang out by yourself in that neighborhood. And so just asking for the help, just asking for another person to stand with me was huge in and of itself. And then to be able to have such a capable, compassionate person such as yourself, Tammy, to, to walk. hold my hand and walk me through my own, my own BS that happens to look like a cluttered room.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's all it is. It's just clutter. I think that I would, I appreciate your kindness and what you said, but I would say that what I'm really doing is just holding up a mirror for you to see yourself. I'm not lending you anything. I'm just holding the mirror and lifting your chin up a little bit so you can see yourself.
0: I see why you say that. And I'll tell you, um, it's a little more than that. And I'll tell you why. Because when I look in a mirror, all I can do is use my mind to think about me. And the mirror that you show me is a gift of being able to see myself through your eyes. And that is very powerful in, in being aware of my own shame and of my own terrible story that I tell about myself in my mind. Because if I'm just looking in a mirror, I don't get to see anything but what I've already seen yeah, but you're my looking at a
1: broken mirror. you're looking at a broken mirror
0: yes, I am I'm holding yeah. up
1: the right mirror the real mirror. yes absolutely you're looking, at, you're looking in one of those um what are those sir, not circuses the wonky the the
0: funny circuses. funny house
1: mirrors yeah the crazy house or whatever they use, yeah they have the mirrors that do all that stuff like, you're looking when you look at Marie in the mirror, that's the mirror you're using. I don't use, yes, I mirror. see that. Yeah, I just I,
0: you my husband. mirror is distorted.
1: Yeah, a mirror that's not like you know, we use filters in social media, right? Yeah, the mirror I hold up doesn't have any filters, it doesn't yeah. have the BS filters, yeah, or the rose colored or the rose colored fantasy yeah both, yeah both into the spectrum it's the real version of who marie was created to be and i think yes. that that's the most important yes I, old
0: I agree with that you're you're right and it and it's true that the mirrors that i
1: have been looking in have been funny house mirrors yeah because i mean i don't i think when you try to like gi- like give me the credit for it it takes credit from you and I it's your credit you're the one doing well, I'll work. tell you
0: there's plenty of credit to go around my credit doesn't take from yours and yours doesn't take from mine no,
1: <laughs> we are abundant. Sure. but we I are want you to give away your credit for the work you're doing because it, is, hard and it is holy work and it is not I easy. understand that and there have been a lot of tears and angst and anxiety and like we've had to pack that toolbox full of different tools you can use when all that comes up and like like, but you're the one that's standing in the room doing the work. I understand that, and thank you. I will, you will.
0: take that because you're Mimi
1: Marie taking charge and living large. Down
0: straight, I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just gonna say, as a trauma survivor myself, and having done a lot of work over the past 12 years, like my being able to take the hard stuff and use it for good to help people like you, like that's my redemption story, right? Like that's the gift yeah. to me. The fact that I get to stand there and hold a mirror for you to see yourself right. is a gift to me because it knits together more redemption in my story, making, taking the brokenness and making it beautiful. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's my gift. I mean, it's just working with people who are ready to do their work. And that's really what it is. Cause you ask for help and we know that yeah. you can't change what you don't acknowledge and just like seeking sobriety if you're not yeah. ready to ask for help it's not sustainable absolutely yeah and you were ready to ask for help and you're making big changes yeah
0: i i feel it i'm proud of it i appreciate the help that came when i asked
1: as Chipotle says it's my pleasure
0: i love that and you know i will speak directly to the our last session together Okay. I literally was frozen. I really was. I was frozen. I felt like lightheaded almost even like like how is this ever how can I ever possibly look at my room and and make it any better than it is? And I felt hopeless about it, which is surprising given the strides that I've made over the last 2 months. That's that's my old BS telling me that I'm worth murder. nothing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Her. And I don't want to believe her. I don't. I'm really excited to see more, more evidence in favor of Mimi.
1: Right.
0: And less in favor of murder. It's quite a ride becoming the Marie that I choose and desire to be. And rather than the one I stumbled into because I didn't understand half the crap that was happening in my world. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. I think that um, as women, we aren't really ever given a choice in creating our own identity and understanding who we were because we from birth have, to, have been told how to act, how to move, how to be, how to make ourselves small so that men feel more comfortable in their space. I got thoughts on that. Um, I just, well, and, you know, that, even
0: I have to say before you finish that whole thought, even that is, is boxing
1: men in, in a way, because we're, we're yeah. being
0: taught to assume they don't want all of us.
1: Oh yeah. I like, say all the time, that, like patriarchy, men pay the price for patriarchy just as much as women because they're totally different because they've got toxic masculinity to deal with. They've got to like yeah. fan up and do stuff. Like, I mean, I can talk about it. Like, it's just, it's all wrong. It is. it's, it's all sad really you know, because it's the same for men right they they're told that they've got to be macho and whatever i mean i can I barely even say the word i find it so disgusting.
0: or or it's it's so much that they they you can't be a macho man you can't be a, a an idiot and a jerk and all this so they're so afraid to be because anything they do damages people you yeah. know, like that's rather than loving all parts of ourselves. And that's so important. And I and I'm I'm loving loving myself.
1: <laughs> it's crushing, right? Because Margaret Marie, she doesn't offer you much hope. No, she really there's
0: no hope, really. Honestly. No, she
1: offers you false narratives of your not enoughness. Yeah. How you do everything wrong and all of that. And Mimi's world is
0: truly full of abundance and love and open to
1: anything possible. Right. Mimi gets to look at the world through the eyes of their grandchildren, right? Which is just full of appreciation and acceptance and kindness yeah. and love. Where murder Marie might as well have like her judges cake, and her gavel on banging yeah. on, you know, desk telling you how, how wrong you are. Yes. And I just think that like, at some point we as women have to decide that we're not wrong for being who we were created to be. We're not right. We're not not lacking. We're not all the things we tell ourselves we're not enough of while simultaneously telling ourselves we're too much of. We're not any of that. We're who we choose to be today. Yes.
0: And, and all of this growth, the growth through my trauma of sexual abuse, my, my growth through becoming sober all, all of the growth i feel like my room is kind of like um as i as i accomplish this as i work through the emotions that are floating through this area i feel like i am coming full circle to really not that i'm done with my growth, by any means, but that I'm, right. I feel like I'm getting more evidence of the beauty of me, and that I can trust that more because there's more of a history there that's happening. Mm-hmm. It's such a comforting thing to have more history of beauty than, than just to remember the crap. Of course, it is.
1: A few weeks back, I had asked you in one of our sessions to define what success looked like for you as we worked through this process and like you literally were like it makes i'm unstoppable it means that if i do this nothing else can hold me back like 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 katie bar the door because i'm out of here yeah. you know like like it just like i just think when we'll just stop in our tracks tell ourselves the truth instead of saying i don't know i don't know why i do this i don't know or yeah. the false because we do both like if we'll just stop and look at it and be like oh this room's a mess. What's that? Yeah. About? Like, what's yeah. about? Like, without judgment, without criticism, without harshness. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we even talked about our last session. like, they're your things. First of all, you own them. They don't right. own you. You own them. So you can tell them how they're going to be in your space because they're there by your invitation only. And so they're yes. not going to tell you what you're worth. They don't have that yes. right or authority. They're yours. You own them. You're going to tell them what you want to do with them. That's about you having power. And also, they're inanimate objects. They don't have yes. moral value. If you yeah. have a messy room, it's not a moral judgment on you. Like you know, right. it's not going to be like the moral police riding in and like the SWAT <laughs> team breaking down the door and be like, "You are immoral because your room." Is-. It's not going to happen. Like, yeah. And so, like, so let's just let's just all give ourselves space as women. To look, yes, acknowledge what it is and make a choice for what do we want it to be. Yes, and you're choosing that, you're choosing a new way of being. You're choosing, and, and new... I
0: feel every time we work or every time I do put things in my zones like I'm supposed to in my room, I can feel my whole body shift. It, I feel it completely to the core of who I am. The changes that I'm making outside of myself are affecting me in a good way. Right. And in a beautiful way. Because you're
1: a of your inside.
0: Yes. And I I found something on Facebook the other day and it and it said, rather than saying, well, the one line I remember because it ha- very much applicable to what I'm doing right now is rather than saying you have to clean your room, say that you deserve to live in a clean space. I, I can feel that. I feel that shift because of you saying, you know, your things don't own you, Marie, you own them and you get to decide where they're going to be and what they're going to do and not the other way around. And so it's it's a shift in point of view and in reality. It, it's like it's almost like the Matrix. You know, once he realizes he can like go like this with the bullets flying past him, you know, then he can do it. And and I feel like that's what that's how big the shift is for me. It's like once I realize as I'm realizing that this does not dictate who I am or who I choose to be or or my worth, I feel that much stronger. And it is almost like like the Matrix. I feel like I can
1: dodge bullets in a way you know yeah well, when we started our last session you like you just said earlier we're frozen completely frozen and yeah. when I asked you why you said I don't know then we dug a little deeper dig a little deeper and we get to it and like it, within the first few minutes you're like how does this like it, it was almost like your room was a prison and it was pressing yeah. you and so yes. we tackled things we worked through some stuff because again, action brings clarity like we talk about like When you move, first of all, when you move like scientifically, it disperses the anxiety in your body. So it's just, if you don't know, just get, do something. So you did. And then, so about 30, 45 minutes in, I had you leave your room. I had you sit, sit, rework, think about how you felt coming in, leave the room, take a breath and re-enter the room. And the first thing you said was, Oh my gosh, I love my room so much. (laughs) Went from it's a prison cell oppressing me to, Oh my gosh, I love my room so much. Yes. You were mired in murder Marie's narrative instead of the reality of Mimi Marie and the amazing, strong and capable woman that she is.
0: Yeah. I'm so grateful that I'm choosing to walk through this. Like I'm grateful for who I'm being and the tools that are becoming available to me. I feel like because I choose to move through it, People such as yourself and, and the different little tools you give me, you know, kind of like when, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, that's, that's the space I feel that I am in at the moment
1: Hmm. is
0: that me as a student is very ready to learn. And my teachers are appearing and, and, and the tools are showing up for me
1: to learn. Like, I don't guarantee results because I'm not the one doing the work you are. Right. So the fact that like I show up and I will give you every tool I can come up with, even if it's silly, like murder Marie and Mimi Marie, like whatever it yeah. is, give like, it it's like, turn on your favorite soundtrack and grab your Mimi trucker hat. You got work to yeah. do. Like, whatever tool it is, you have to choose to do it. You have to choose to show up for yourself and you do. And it's just been a beautiful thing to watch because I mean, I would say 70% of our sessions, you've had to fight to make that choice. Yeah. And, and that takes a whole lot of bravery. Thank you. I mean, late in the dark is way easier. It is. <laughs> <Then you laughs> make me pepper you with questions. Like I got an Uzi gun full of questions. Yeah. It has not been easy. No.
0: Making these changes. never growth. is.
1: Yeah. Growth is never easy. Yeah, It takes a lot of hard work to burst out of a seed and make a shoot and grow up into a strong, amazing woman. Like it's work. Work is never like, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? Work. No one says that. No one does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like vacation, be rich. Like those things. Like the reality is our work is never done. We're always learning right. and evolving. And if trauma was is part of the picture at, at any time, I mean, quadruple down on that because it's going to be that much harder. But yeah, you're doing it. I am doing you're it for yourself. You're fighting for Mimi. You're fighting for your grandbabies. Like you're fighting for your kids. Like you're breaking. Like I just feel like you're breaking chains in family patterns and pathologies. You might never see the full results of that, right? It could be your grandbabies, grandbabies, but right. they'll you'll have left a legacy that sets the next generations free.
0: Yes, and no matter what I struggled with while raising my children and the effects that that leaves, I'm not stuck there. Mm -hmm. And I I am tenfold growing and learning and becoming a better woman, a better human. And that's what I can do. Every day, be a little better than I was the day before and learn a little more and love
1: a little more. Right, yeah. I think as mothers, we put, well, as women who choose to be good mothers, let's put it that way. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to get it perfect. But the reality is most women who become mothers are broken in some ways. And those broken pieces are like shards of glass that our kids kind of slice themselves on, you know? Yeah. And we don't want them to, we don't want to, we give anything not to. We (laughs) would sell our souls to make it not happen and undo it. But the reality was in that moment. That was the best I had. The very best you gave. You gave 150% and it still wasn't perfect, which lets Murder Marie write a whole bunch of lies. Right. Because like you fell short, even though you were doing more than your best. Murder Marie's going to tell you you fell short. Right. And it's so hard to... To not like it's the mom guilt is no joke, it's no joke. Like, and it doesn't matter if they're three and you like snapped at them because you were crabby or angry, or if they're 30 and you remember something you did that you wish you could do over because now you know that dunkaroos maybe is not the best snack. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, like like, what's organic food? I don't know, eat the dunkaroos, honey. Yeah, yeah, like you, I think when you know better, you do better. I agree. didn't know back then. And so and I'm enjoying think, doing better. I yeah, really am. And I think it's redemptive for our children to see us yeah. as women because we're women first before we're moms. Yes. We're women first. And I think it's important that our children both regardless of their gender, like they both that they see us growing and healing and getting yeah. better because it gives them permission to do the same.
0: I I agree with that. I
1: and agree. And that's important. And when you yeah. come from trauma and families, like everybody's got healing they need to do. Yes. yes. It just takes one person to step up to the plate with the courage to be Mimi Marie that helps, you know, break the chains for all the other people to step up and do their work. And I mean, it's not easy and it's been messy. It and has been show, messy.
0: And you still show but up. That's okay. You know, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Thank you so it's much, Cami, for everything. But most especially for coming on today and sharing the journey that we've had together through the coaching work that you've done with me. I really appreciate you so immensely.
1: You are very welcome. It is my pleasure. It is my <laughs> pleasure. And and again, it's part of my redemption story. So it's a amen. Equal blessing blessing in equal parts
0: amen to that
1: and you're gonna keep kicking butt and taking names with your trucker hat mimi
0: <laughs> thank you all for listening you are beautiful each and every one of you i invite you to be the light and love you wish to see in our world
1: have a lovely day